hey, Bob, my microwave isn't working. What do I do? Most realtors will say, well, contact your lawyer, right? Because all of the money's been dispersed. The keys have been handed out. The land registry already has your name on title. You own it. Now what? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, this hello. is hello. episode 109. Welcome to the show, KT Confidential. Episode 109. 109. Getting up there. I'm Adrian. This is Ariel. We're talking real estate. Once Good a week, morning. every Monday. Top of the Thanks. morning to you. Oh, that reminds me of Brian Buffini. Brian Buffini. Yeah, haven't heard his voice in many, many years. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Well, mid-December, my friend. Mid-December. It's, uh, it's unbelievable how fast this year has gone. It's been a great year. Well, from a business perspective, real estate, we've been very busy. It's not been a great year from many other perspectives, but uh, making the most of it. Sitting here again uh, in my basement. You've got a little bit more natural light there in the office today. Yeah, I mean... I, as I was saying before we started recording, if I don't get out to the office at least three days a week, and I think it's about four now, three during the weekdays and once on the weekend, yeah. I try, uh, as, as we've mentioned before, we're only allowing one person at a time at the uh, KT studio. So you're stealing everybody's um, day? <laughs> well, like Steve Bruman. Uh, yeah. has no need to come in here. The only reason he used to come in is to be around people and learn from us while we're sitting around and, and chatting about things. So if nobody's yes. here and he's, he's here by himself, might as well be in the comfort of his home. That's the way he feels. Um, Jen pops in for a few hours in on her day, which is Monday. She pops in for a few hours in the morning to prep for her week. Uh, Tuesdays is my day, so I spend most of the day on Tuesday here. And uh, Wednesdays is your day. You haven't really been in uh, much at I've all. Not, I've not used my day once. Um, except for that one time we, we did come in yes, together. That's right. That's probably something we'll take more advantage of as you and I, since our families are kind of quarantining together. Yes. And, uh, and have that advantage. We didn't do that for the first uh, six months, but in the last... Uh, Last two months, I guess, our wives got together and said, well, if we're both quarantining, our kids are going to go crazy without some some kind of uh, kid friendships. And they had already obviously known and playing with e- played with each other for... Uh, yeah, it was a good idea. Their, and their I whole, mean, whole we're next really. door to each other. It's kind of ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think maybe in 2021, you and I will spend some more time fuck we're paying for rent in this place <laughs> gotta i know gotta use it a little bit and it doesn't make sense for us to get rid of it at this point but uh who knows maybe that's a consideration since we're all working pretty virtual nowadays but uh yeah mid- that's one thing i do miss is the camaraderie and the team meetings and just hanging out with people working out of the office uh, i love yeah. that atmosphere so i look forward to those days again i you know what you take them for granted sometimes right because we had that flexibility for the whole team to come in and out and would sit around the boardroom and have lunch and, you know, chat about the previous day and deals that are going on and, and clients that we're working with good experiences, bad experiences, whatever. And, uh, 
And, you know, it's, it's different. We try and do it virtually once a week at a minimum. And, um, you know, we have coaching calls and things like that with, with the entire team. But, you know, as an example on, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm, I'm interviewing, uh, for, um, somebody that wants to join our team in, in sales and, um, as a realtor. And it's not the same, uh, you know, talking on the phone or even sitting uh, virtually in, in, in a Zoom chat, even our podcasts, right? Like they were, I found that I produced a better podcast when I was sitting across from you at the boardroom and we had Ian at the end of the table um, working working his magic. And so, you know, you, you come to learn with it. And But listen, everybody can sit and dwell on, the year that was. I like to think uh, I've had a pretty good year, uh, business and personally, because you you got to grow from these things, right? But yeah. Anyway, so today's topic um, comes in from one of our Instagram followers, uh, Nicole Christine O eighty eight, and I'll read her uh, DM to us uh, verbatim says, as a first-time home buyer, I really have enjoyed listening to your podcast. You are all so engaging and all the topics are so relevant. Because I appreciate your info so much, I was wondering what your thoughts are on going to check out the new home prior to closing to make sure things are in order and as agreed to. Is this something you very much recommend? And also, are there any major things that one should pay attention to? Thanks in advance. So let's get right in. Actually, I've had this conversation with someone recently too. So it's a good good timing. It's good timing. It's a good topic. I think it's a question that a lot of people have uh, pre-purchase and during the, um, what our American friends would say, while you're in escrow. Yes. Um, I, I'll start off by saying, okay, so I, I dug in a little bit more and her purchase is a resale home. Didn't purchase it through anybody on our team. Um, not sure where this person lives or where the purchase was made, but um, we'll assume it's in the province of Ontario. And it's a resale home closing in January. So the first and most important thing to know is what did the contract look like? Right. A lot of people don't know, and, and a lot of realtors miss this step. But if you read the agreement of purchase and sale for a resale freehold property, or pretty well any resale property, there isn't a provision that provides any warranty on chattels and fixtures. So if there is no addition or comments or anything made in the Schedule A that's attached to that agreement of purchase and sale, in the sense that those chattels and fixtures have to be working at closing, uh, you will have an uphill battle um, depending on what's wrong with the home prior to closing or at closing. Uh, the other thing to consider that sometimes doesn't make it to the Schedule A and is not a pre-printed clause is once 
your lawyer closes on the deal with the other lawyer, the deal is done and there's no going back. Well, and the question at that point, because there are uh, circumstances where you have problems. And at that point, if you don't have a seller that's cooperating with, let's say you need to repair something or something's not working. What is, what's the likelihood that if they don't cooperate, you're going to take it to court like, or, or, you know, to what extent it's not worth the money. Well, that's your only option, right? Adrian. I mean, you, you, let's say your lawyer closes and you get the call at four o'clock in the afternoon says, congrats, the keys are here. The deal's done. You've closed. And you're all excited as a purchaser. You're all excited. You're like, all right, let's go get the keys. Uh, I finished work at five. I'll pick up my wife. We'll grab the kids. We'll grab some McDonald's and head over to the new house. You get, why is that funny? That's what I, fucking happens. No, no, I know. I just, I'm craving McDonald's for some reason. I've, we were talking about it at dinner last night. We went to the uh, country heritage uh, park. They have, um, I don't know if you've ever been to the Country Heritage Park. It's right by Kelso, a great hidden gem in in. Yeah, Milton. we were there, but it was for the Halloween pumpkin thing. So I've never really been there to explore. We were just driving around this thing there, but it's huge. Well, we nice, nice we, place. we went for the Christmas lights tour or whatever they have going yeah. on there, and um, and we booked a time where it was giving us a buffer that we could have dinner in the car essentially still get home and, and bathe the kids and put them to bed without upsetting their schedule too much. And, um, we get McDonald's for the kids. I mean, the last time was probably five months ago or something like that on the way to the cottage, that kind of thing. And, um, but they love it, right? Like who doesn't love McDonald's, the sugar and, and everything that they put in there is just made to make it addictive to you anyways. So, uh, one of my kids, uh, says, uh, calls it old McDonald's and wanted, wanted some chicken from old McDonald's. So we had some chicken nuggets and, uh, they were really good with the, the fries when they're fresh and salty. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Okay. Let's just mm, move on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, so we went to the country heritage park there. It was a nice, uh, nice drive. Um, how did we get on that topic? I have no idea. <laughs> I have literally no idea. Where, where Welcome we, to episode 109 from. of KT yeah. Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today we are answering a question about uh, first time home buyer revisiting. <laughs> oh, you grabbed the McDonald's on the way after grabbing the key to the new house. Yeah. So, so listen, you, I, you get there at 630. Yes. Okay. And um, McDonald's is a little bit cold now. And uh, built-in microwave was there. So you say, okay, I'm just going to throw my burger in the microwave real quick and, and warm it up. And wah, wah, wah. Oh, microwave, so this is where you were going. Now it all ties together. Broken microwave, microwave. Isn't, isn't working. <laughs> uh, what do you do now? You, right. uh, well, the first thing most people do is call their lo- uh, uh, real estate agent. Hey, Bob, my microwave isn't working. What do I do? Uh, most realtors will say, well, contact your lawyer. Right? Because all of the money's been dispersed. The keys have been handed out. The land registry already has your name on title. 
you own it. Now what? Well, the lawyer is going to try and contact the other lawyer and say, well, this chattel might, well, might be a fixture if it was truly built in, but this chattel, we'll call it a chattel, yes. uh, is not working. Which for those and, that don't know what that means, a chattel is anything that's not fixed to the property, but included with the sale. And it's so funny because chattels and fixtures, half of the half of the population doesn't understand it. And the other half gets it wrong when they're buying or selling. Half of the realtors get it wrong. Like even, even on our team, I look at my contracts or anybody else's in chattels, it will always say electrical light fixtures. I know. Isn't it funny? It's, fixtures it's right is, in, the, <laughs> in the name of the item. It's a fixture. So technically it's already included, but yeah. anyway, so the microwave was included in the deal. You go back to your lawyer, you say, microwave's not working. And this is just a few hours after closing. That lawyer says, okay, I'll send a letter and call the other lawyer and um, see if they're willing to compensate. And there's no holdbacks at this point. You can't hold back any money. As soon as the keys exchanged, money's, the money's, gone. Been, money's gone. Money's been transferred. Yeah. Um, so there's a problem the seller doesn't want to compensate. The seller says, hey, when I left the house yesterday and closed everything up, it was working just fine. So now what are you going to do? The built-in right. microwave is worth whatever, a thousand bucks, 500 bucks, 2000 bucks. So now you're telling me you're going to go through the process of taking, you will win. If you go to court, you will probably win. I'd, well, maybe, maybe not. Depends on the judge, I suppose, and depends on the lawyers. But the point is, you're going to have to pay lawyers. a high probability, but right. I, I, I probability, but uh, now you got to hire a lawyer or do it yourself if you so choose. Then for sure you'll lose, but you hire a lawyer um, and you take the seller to court. Now, how much time are you going to invest? And how much money are you going to spend, even if you end up recouping the uh, court costs from the seller? Isn't your time worth something? And by then, you've already gone out and bought a new microwave. Um, so, so those are some of the things you gotta you gotta keep in mind. Sometimes you can include a clause in the Schedule A that basically says the chattels and fixtures are to be working at closing, period. That should be in there. But you can also provide an added warranty of some kind that has a time-bound limit. So saying the chattels and fixtures in this agreement are to be working at closing, have no liens or encumbrances on it, and there is a warranty that will expire 24 hours after closing, and after that, no further force and effect. I'm just rhyming it off as I know it at the top of my head. That's not word by word, but close enough. Pretty for darn the purpose, close. I'm, in, I'm impressed. Purpose you, of understanding. You must have been doing this for a while. And then you got the keys. You went in, McDonald's, warmed up your stuff, not working. Then you go back to the lawyer and say, uh-oh. We got a problem. Now the seller has got to pay for it because there's a 24-hour clause. You don't even have to take it to court. The lawyer is going to say, okay, well, there's a 24-hour warranty. Pay up. Although I will say 
if and the seller the time, really doesn't want to cooperative. Pay. Right. You're still, yeah. That's going to be hard to enforce. Yeah, for, for the sake of that. Right. But I, I, most of the time when I've ran into this problem, I'd say the vast majority of times, most sellers are cooperative. I mean, you may not get a brand new appliance out of it because you were getting a five-year-old appliance to start. So what's the value of it at that point, right? So usually you come to a mutual agreement where the seller will compensate you by getting it repaired maybe, or giving you X amount of money towards purchasing a replacement for it. And then you could do what you want with the money. Or maybe they, I mean, I have had seller clients who were super cooperative and they actually went out. I remember one in particular, they went out and bought a brand new fridge because they felt bad. And they were like, yeah, it's not a big deal. We'll buy a brand new fridge. Um, so that was really considerate of them because they, I don't think they would have had to have gone to that extent. Um, but I think the important thing, first of all, the vast majority of the time, there are no problems. Things go smoothly. There's not an issue. Everything works. Um, I had this conversation with a client recently where I was really pushing them to do these revisits and I was really uh, um, advising them, you know, we'll say, let's save one of them to use towards the end of the, towards just before closing to make sure that, you know, as close to closing as possible, we can make sure that everything's working still. Um, Anyways, they were really hesitant or they didn't really want to. They're like, no, we really want to use another visit now to go take measurements. Um, So I explained the reason behind it. And they gambled and they said, well, chances are nothing's going to happen. So we're not worried about it. So, which is true. The vast majority of times things are fine, but I would say it's smart to use one of your revisits close to closing. Um, The other question she had is what are you looking for? Well, so the question was really, is it, is it recommended to visit? So your answer to that, absolutely, yes. Yes. Um, it depends how many visits you have back to the property because you can nego- you're negotiating that in the deal. It's a condition, essentially, of the deal and um, or a clause that gets inserted into the schedule. And typical is one or two visits prior to closing. Some ask for a third, maybe even a fourth if there's renos or... Uh, you got to bring contractors in if if you need to bring a pool guy or, you know, whatever, depending on the size of the house, that might make a difference to uh, the length of time between closing and purchase might make a difference. So there are some variables, but usually I, if, if it's a 90 day closing, I would usually suggest two visits. And my first visit with, and and this is how I trained the rest of the team too, and it's pretty well how you and I operate, is um, first visit, you're going back to see the house the first time since buying it. So take lots of photos, look around. Um, Hopefully you took tons of photos when you purchased it before putting in the offer so you knew exactly what you were putting an offer on. but take lots of photos so you, you've got them. Um, take things like we've got everybody on our team has our little NYX uh, color. Um, what is it called? Color what? Color paint? confirmer. Color, <laughs> I don't know. It's a color confirmer. <laughs> yeah. uh, NYX paint color 
confirmer confirmer yeah yeah (laughs) it's a little gadget that you put up on the wall and it tells you what paint colors are there so if you want to buy any paint uh to do touch-ups and things like that you've got that you know if you want it to bring any family members um sorry ian just popped in he must be done uh shooting your latest listing nice um you know if you want to bring um not so much friends, certainly during COVID now, things are a little bit different, but you know, if you bought it with your, your spouse and you have children and maybe now you want to bring your children or your parents, parents often, especially if you're in your twenties and thirties right now, uh, parents are always like, Oh, when are we going to get to see your new house? Or you just want to get them to help. Yeah. Don't bring them through before you buy though, because they often ruin the deal. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so, so the first visit back is kind of that fun visit. Uh, take measurements. So if you're thinking of buying a sofa or you want to purchase a larger bed, end tables, night tables, TVs, um, any, anything that you want to get installed, you want to put up a new backsplash and measure how, mu- how much in uh, square footage of tile you're going to need yeah. things of that nature another thing and, i do during that first visit is like you were talking about the photos like i'm extremely thorough now because we've had instances where we were representing the seller in the past and the buyers came back for a revisit and noticed discoloration on one of the ceilings and i went there was no reason to believe there was any active leak it was probably there forever but nobody noticed it but they the key was they never had proof that it wasn't there before despite them saying it wasn't yeah um and because they didn't have proof and because there was also no reason to believe there was an active leak or problem, nothing happened. But since then, every time I go back for these visits, uh, if I haven't done it already, I am not only taking pictures, but I'll walk around with a camera on video record and uh, take a video on of video ev- record, video recording <laughs> setting. I'll record every ceiling, all the anywhere that's a probable area that you might get water damage, um, walls, floors, because moving you're going to get damaged to floors and walls and stuff like that. But as, if you have proof that it was, that it was not damaged before and then subsequently find damage at the second revisit, you have something to support your claim. You got to be really careful when you're buying a home in the winter, you can't test the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things that are going to pop up that you are just automatically taking a risk with. And, um, you know, something as simple as not seeing a stain in the ceiling, um, that's, that's part of the risk, right? Like, uh, there's, there's good probability that a lot of homes, um, have had leaks in some capacity, um, there's probability that mold got in between the wall after those leaks or in the ceiling after those leaks because it didn't dry out and it just sat there. Um, so, so there's a certain uh, level of, you know, buyer um, or, or that you're buying as is in some capacity. But, um, okay, so going back to what we actually do in that visit or what we recommend. So you're, if you've got two visits, your first visit is, is that more fun ish visit, but um, take notes on things like what the furnace filter size is. Cause some of them um, have to be ordered in advance and 
one of the first things you should do when you move in is change your furnace filter. Yep. I always recommend getting your ducts cleaned and well, changing other, your furnace filter. And if there's carpet, get a carpet cleaned. Otherwise, you know, you don't know what's in there, how dirty it is. If you have allergies, you know, if there were pets before, those are things yep. that you'll quickly realize after living there for a night or two. If the fridge, as an example, has a water and ice maker, water dispenser ice maker, uh, that has a filter. I can guarantee you that a lot of the fridges will need, um, that filter will need to be ordered, um, especially if you want to save a few bucks on it. So you, you make notes, right? Like take a, uh, take a bunch of notes on, on everything. Um, now, what you should also do is check the operational status of everything that you're purchasing. Um, so as the realtor, I will usually do that on the second visit. So the second visit is very much the thorough walkthrough. Let's make sure that everything we're paying for is in good working order uh, prior to closing. So I will flush all toilets, run all sinks, run all tubs, let some of them run at the same time. Who was it? We had a client once, I think it was your client, they moved into their house and they had, um, I think they were maybe celebrating by having an extra long shower. And then they that, real, there was a huge leak. <laughs> and and uh, to be honest, they don't, uh, they don't talk to me anymore and they don't talk to Natalie anymore. Um, and it's a shame because, uh, you know, they're good people or whatever, but they, um, they saw it as being my fault because <laughs> that you had that the shower leaked. Yep. So, so the house that they bought was vacant and, uh, it was totally renovated. It was actually a, a real estate agent that bought it, uh, privately and they renovated it. So they did a flip. Okay. Right. Yeah but we had a thorough home inspection on it. So it's not like it wasn't even inspected. And we did have, I can't remember, one or two visits. Uh, oh, definitely two visits. Cause I remember once they brought family and once we went through uh, to, to recheck, um, everything was fine. Everything looked good. Everything was working properly. Um, the only thing that wasn't working properly was the, um, I believe it was a washing machine and we caught that before closing. It got addressed. No problem. Well, the day after they got the keys, even before getting any furniture really in there, or maybe they got like very basic furniture in there. Um, keep in mind, um, younger couple just got married. Well, they hopped into the shower together and I don't know how long they were in there together, but it basically flooded the entire living room under right underneath the, um, but the did, shower. I mean, the home inspector must and have ran the shower. Yes, probably. I was there probably for a good five to 10 minutes. They put a lot of water through. Yeah. I, I ran it on one of our revisits. I ran it along with the sink at the same time. But what happened was, I guess there was so much, the shower was going for so long or 
I don't I don't know, but um, there was a a tool of some kind or or something lodged in one of the drain pipes. One of the pipes. Are are you playing Scrabble or what are you doing over there? No way. Did I don't you hear know, something? You seem to, no, you seem distracted. No, I don't know if you got my text. It's because I didn't realize I have an appointment at one thirty. So I've been texting this oh. guy, just seeing if I can <laughs> buy myself a few extra minutes. Uh, that's so we funny. A, <laughs> I thought maybe you did I, or didn't see. No, it. I, I put know. my phone on airplane mode. Oh, the message anyway, said I have I mean, an appointment at one thirty. <laughs> all right. Well, you'll be fine. Uh, anyway so so they ran ran the shower for a really long time they were in it something was clogged in it and um it just started to leak and and created a a flood nobody's fault i mean not the seller's fault not the realtor's fault not their fault um but it happened and they didn't find out until several days after closing. Yeah. So, or a couple of days after closing. So there was no recourse. There may have been recourse to the contractor if you could prove it, but good luck proving it. Right. So, so anything can happen, but um, you want to check to make sure everything's working before you pay for it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I agree. One thing I think people don't do is, uh, op- I mean, home inspectors likely do it, but if you don't get an inspection, open and closing all the valves to plumbing fixtures. So under the sinks, the toilet, stuff like that, because a lot of those are seized. And then if there is a problem and you haven't done that, uh, then you're stuck having to run all the way downstairs to shut off the main water. And by then you've flooded a room or two, if not two levels of your house. So yeah, I recommend people, too late. yeah, as soon as you move in or before you move in, Make sure you cycle the valves open and close them. Make sure they function properly. You'll find many of the times uh, they do not. So you want to get a plumber in to replace those. So, And if you don't have a home inspection prior to closing, my recommendation is you or your realtor get a ladder and go up into the attic. Yeah. Go up into the attic, especially uh, during the winter months, uh, especially after windstorms and and things like that. Um, you'd be surprised what you can find up there. Yep, I agree. So to sum it up, 100%, they're essential. I always recommend doing these visits. Time it as close to closing as you realistically can. It can be challenging to do it too close to closing, depending on when the seller is moving out. Um, in an ideal world, you do it after they've moved out, if you have that option. Uh, so that you can see the house with no furniture in there, make sure there's no damage caused during the move. It's a rare occurrence that you can coordinate like that though, because most people are timing things pretty close to the same time as closing, but always do it and be very thorough. Takes lot, take lots of photos, test everything. And if there is a problem, bring it to the attention of your lawyer immediately. Keeping records is huge. So emails, date and time stamped, very, very important. And throughout the entire process, you're buying and all your visits and getting the keys and going into the house for the first time, document it via your phone by taking photos and video and as much of it as possible. It's always good to have record and that is time and date stamp too. Yes. And make sure if your realtor took all the serial numbers down that you've got all the right appliances there. There There's one recently where I didn't include the serial numbers with the offer. 
And the client asked me why. And I said, because hopefully they're not there when we move in, when you move in anyways, they were so bad. So it was a funny joke. Nevertheless, make sure everything that's supposed to be there is there. I don't know if you're frozen or just sitting really still. I think you're frozen. That's so funny. On my screen, you're just sitting there staring intently. I think it's on your end, pal. I, I, I don't know what's happening. I mean, anyway, I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear you. Uh, we made it to the end of the podcast, episode 109 of KT Confidential. Thank you for listening. If, oh, Adrian might be popping back on. I'm not sure. Signing off. I don't know. I don't know if you- he's been having a lot of technical difficulties lately. So send him a message and tell him to upgrade his Wi Fi at home. Episode 109. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We'll see you and you'll hear us next week. Bye-bye.